Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. I, I wonder if you, have he- if you have ever done something ridiculous because you were in a desperate situation. Like, it was really desperate for you and then you ended up doing something ridiculous. One of my privileges in life is that I schooled at the Obafemi Olua University. And... Um, I remember, you know, a lot of great moments that I had as, as an undergraduate on campus, but there were also some moments that were not too great. There was a particular semester, I remember. I think it was in about three or 400 level. But there was this um, course registration thing we were given. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a course registration thing. And we were to, like, fill it out and then go and submit it in a particular office. And, of course, the deadline was coming, but shout out to everybody who waits for the deadline before doing things, right? And so I kind of was going to submit, but just hadn't yet done it exactly, right? One day, another day, and all of that. And then um, combining my waiting for deadlines with the fact that I wasn't always in class, and um, somehow, somehow, the date passed and all of that, right? Eventually, I remember by the time I was aware, one week, I started procrastinating. I'll have to go and beg them in the office. Then one week, two weeks, it was before exams. I just realized I hadn't submitted this thing, right? So I remember there, I summoned up courage, and some guy had told me that he tried to submit, he couldn't, blah. So I remember just going to the office and walking in, and it was this departmental secretary or something, and then I walked in on him, and then with the most sober face, I talked in my white on black, and, you know, I said that um, I came to submit, um, and the man said, submit what? For which semester? I said, uh, this, uh, and I said that, that there's nothing you can do, that it's too late, that um, they've already taken it from the department to some place, some computer center, some, some, something that, um, you know what, you have lost this semester. Ah, I lost this semester. Ah, <laughs> so I remember standing there, um, ah, looking very, and then I just went that daddy, you know, he must become my daddy. You guys know that. I'm like, daddy, that I know I've really messed. I don't even know what I was thinking, daddy, but it's just how you can help me, daddy. Uh, uh, the man said, there's nothing. Ah, I said, daddy, hey. Oh, and then I said, there. And the man, but you know, the thought of I would lose one semester. Uh, for what? <laughs> how will I lose this? So I remember standing and I just kind of sized up the office. I'd looked around, targeted, and all of that. And I was still just in my remorseful daddy. At some point, I remember just lying down on the floor. I had targeted it. I used my legs to block the door so that nobody can come in while we're doing this, right? And then I was just like, Daddy, I don't know. And the man, what did they, did I head? He's working, right? And he said, I, should, I said, no, Daddy, I just need you. Anyway, eventually, somehow, um, he figured things out and all that. And I remember promising myself I will never be in this kind of situation. Why would I wait for a deadline? Uh, but I didn't tell them in first service, but... Um, the following semester, I prostrated in another office. Anyway, but, 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 but here's the deal. Have you ever done something, really, because you were just desperate, something very, very ridiculous, okay? So let me do a quick check in this room. Let's just see what desperation has ever driven you to do, all right? Um, don't judge anybody, but you created a new social media account because you are stalking someone. Let's just see your, you just wave, all right? The honest people come for second service. The liars are in first service. Come on, just wave. All right, all right, let's check. Okay, guys, before you got saved, not now, long time ago in your life, okay? But you lied to a girl just to, let's just say, you lied to a girl, like outright, right? let's just say, guys. It was your former life, don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, how many of you, you entered a relationship you knew was wrong? Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> okay, you considered, you considered. Now, I said considered, I didn't say you actively did it. I didn't say you have done it, but you considered, and eh, this money ritual... <laughs> You consider, I didn't say you did, you consider, thank you, okay, okay, well, you know. You just sat down one day, you were just saying that, you know, this money ritual thing, for example, grandma is old. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now, today, what I want to do this morning, I want to share a story from scripture about four very desperate guys, okay? We're going to see four guys that were very desperate, they did something very ridiculous, all right? So, for the reading of God's word, let's stand together, Mark chapter 2, we are going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. We stand this morning to honor God's word. Everybody online where you are, please stand with us this morning. Mark chapter 2, I'll read from verse 1. The Bible says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through the roof, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. 
Man, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith, all right? Their faith. But he said to the paralytic, he saw their faith of the man, but he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you, right? Now, you go on in the reading and the scribes that were around became unhappy. They said, how can this guy forgive sins? They said, this is blasphemy. So by verse 9, Jesus says, uh-uh. Why would you say, uh, how can I forgive sin? Jesus then says, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. You know that your classmate who is so brilliant in class, and then after the exam, he has passed everything, he now asks you that, which of the two questions was easier? The problem with you is you can't do either of them. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Jesus is asking them, which is easier? Two things they can't even do, all right? To say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, now I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And the Bible says, immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. All right. Now, this morning, we're going to be concluding. We've been on our focus for the year for the last three weeks. And for the last two weeks, we're going to be on the final part of that this morning. And what I want to do today, because we have Vision Sunday next year, so this, next week, so this is kind of like a pre-Vision Sunday. Um, I'm going to be challenging you around the heart of our church, all right? And so, even if you are new of sitting with us this morning, you get to be in like a family meeting that we are having this morning, okay? But for a topic, I want to speak to you on what I'll call, can we be friends? Can we be friends? Let me look at one or two people around you that you think that would be appropriate to ask and ask them, can we be friends? And you can be seated this morning. So I'm asking, can we be friends? Because what I want us to see at the bottom line of all of this is that there is power in the collaboration of ordinary people in the direction of Jesus. But when ordinary people collaborate in a direction of Jesus, we're going to see together today that it can do way more than we can ever imagine, all right? Now, we look around the world and you see there's just a lot of that language of collaboration, even in organizations, in industries, in what people do. It's just a whole lot of language of collaboration. Students collaborate, you know, at work you collaborate. Everybody, you know, around industries, you see words like synergizing, you see words like um, um, networking and all of that all over industries and the truth is that God actually designed the world to operate in the power of collaboration okay so when you look at Matthew 18 verse 19 Jesus says I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything two of you agree concerning anything that they ask it will be done for them by my father just that agreement of two people again when you look at Deuteronomy 32 verse 30 it says how could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight all right in other words just by coming together there is increased productivity on what people do so God actually designed for the world to to operate that way in this season as we're seeking God together as a church taking these 21 days just in praying and seeking God and fasting and all of that there's power in the fact that we're doing it together, all right? Just that collaborative power, it adds more value. What you couldn't do by yourself, you find like together there's more that we're able to do. Possibilities are actually maximized through the power of collaboration. If you grew up in the days when we used to push cars, all right, or when you used to jumpstart cars, you would know that if it takes four people to push a car, all right, if person one goes to the car and pushes, he can't move it. Person two then goes and pushes, he can't move it. Person three then goes and pushes, he can't move. Person four goes to push, he can't move. But when all four come together and say let's push all right you know that moment where they're like one two and then that active guy turns around one two right we see the car moving why because we're joining effort to do it we're able to achieve so there's power in collaborative effort um, when we come together in families when you collaborate um there's there, there, when a part of the family collaborates all right there's power uh, power in it i mean i grew up and i have three brothers um i'm the last of three boys and we were all born within four years and, um, um, you know, we had a lot of exciting moments when we would collaborate, okay? Um, my parents are in church this morning, and uh, I, I love you, I love you, I honor you, Dad and Mom. I'm so grateful for you, and um, I've come to love and honor you more. But back in the days, right, uh, I, I remember a particular day I can never forget. My brothers and I, we wanted to watch a particular match. It was Africa 11 versus Europe 11, and my dad said, you can't watch it. We said, ah, ah, why can't, ah, ah. We, he said, we can't watch it. Ah. Uh, but we said we watched that match. Oh, yeah. So we stayed in the, in the living room at the time. And I was in primary six. And everybody, you know, our classes follow like that. Just two, three. So I was in primary six. So we stayed in the room and acted like we were reading. Okay. So 
I took, I remember I had this book that had a hardcover, and I sat at one door where I would see dad coming from his room. And so the plan was simple. The TV had this red light, you know, so you just use a control to put it on, right? So the plan was simple. Once dad is coming, I don't say anything. I just tap my book. My brother has switched it off, and dad comes in. So it was a real simple plan, all right? So we started the game, and it was exciting. My dad would then be in his room, and he would hear people shouting like they scored a goal. So he would come out thinking we are watching, right? He, he later told us that he knew we were watching, but he couldn't catch us. That's the thing. So, so he would come out, and I remember I'll just tap my book and keep looking straight and dad will come and say what are you doing because you know these children that normally will go and sleep this night they said they are reading why are you all reading this night right and so eventually you know what my dad does is he comes out and he goes to just turn off that button so he has made it difficult for us now that means somebody's going to have to stand up when he's come so it was kind of difficult but we were going to watch that match collaboration all right and so you know what we did is we went to take our fine art postal colors right and we painted that place black oh my god so the, the light wasn't showing and so we stayed we were going to watch that match and so so dad will be coming again and still meet us just quietly reading and the, the place is black and and, and, and I remember the time we just figured out, that's how I knew God was with us that day. We just kind of figured out that he might not always just walk down this way because there was a way in our house he could walk into a room and then just come out. And so it just occurred to us, the Spirit of God spoke to us. So we, we kind of just piled some chairs and buckets behind that door. And so we were watching one time, we just said, bruh, bruh, bruh. ah, no, we got it, we got it. All right, the power of collaboration. But, but here is my burden this morning. My burden this morning is more than just people collaborating. It is the power of collaborating in a direction of Jesus. That's what I want to show you today because what we see in our reading today is that these guys are collaborating. Um, the Bible says in Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 that Jesus was in the house. Jesus was in the house and it was heard that Jesus was in the house. And so what these guys started to do is that they realized that, oh, it's crowded out, but Jesus is there and we have a friend that we want to get to. The, so it's collaboration. Four guys are coming together to make something happen in the direction of Jesus. And so these guys come and carry their friend on a bed and the Bible says that they ripped off the roof. They, they cleared off the roof and lowered their friend. Amazing. Now, what was it like as everybody was gathered there and Jesus was just teaching and you just started to hear noises on the roof and everybody's kind of looking at what, what's going on here. Noises on the roof and then bam, suddenly people are ripping and you're trying to run and Jesus is like, calm, calm, calm. And suddenly they're dropping this guy. It's like you're just watching a movie. These guys went all the direction. But that's what I want to show you today about the power of collaborating in the direction of Jesus. These four friends seem to know that where Jesus is present, where Jesus is present, a lot is possible. These four friends seem to know that where Jesus is in the room, we shouldn't just be missing our moments. A lot is possible when Jesus is in the room. And friends, I want to say I really believe that this morning, that when Jesus is in the room, a lot is possible. When Jesus is in the room, why should we stroll to a meeting where Jesus is and Jesus is the healer? Then we would go back home and our friend is still sick at home. Why should we stroll to a meeting where Jesus is and he's pouring out all this love? And then we would go back to a world where people are unloved. These guys seem to feel like, man, we want to see the maximization of the possibility when Jesus is in the room. So whatever it takes we want to do to say Jesus is in the room, we don't want to waste our moments. And so these guys start to have a vision of the possibilities when Jesus is in the room. And what I want to encourage us today, because I really believe that we should be the kind of people rediscovering a vision of the possibilities that are in the person of Jesus. We should be, as Christians, having a fresh sense of, man, when Jesus is in the room, Room. What's possible? That kind of vision of when Jesus is in the room, what is possible? Because I still believe, friends, this is what we know about Jesus, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, you know it. That whosoever... You know, I asked them first seven, they didn't know it anyway, but you guys know it, all right? That when Jesus is in the room, the Bible says that God loved the world. He gave us Jesus. Jesus is the gift of God to, and to a broken world, to a miserable world, to a sinful world. That God so loved the world, that in the soul love of God, in the depth of the love of God for broken people, for hurt people, for people in suffering injustice, for people that are, are ruined and sinful, in the soul love of God, the depth of the love of God, he gave us Jesus. So here's what we know about Jesus. 
Jesus, that Jesus is the answer of God to every question of humanity, to every longing of humanity, to every place of brokenness, every place of desperation, every cry of injustice, every place where people are broken and hurt. Jesus is still the answer of God. Are you here this morning? Jesus is still the answer answer of God. When Jesus went up that cross 2,000 years ago, he paid a price for all our sin, for all our sickness, for every brokenness, every injustice. Jesus paid that price. So when Jesus is in the room, it's like a lot is possible. We want to be dreaming the possibilities when Jesus is in the room. You'll see those four guys ripping the roof and you'll probably be asking them, is it that deep? Why are you this passionate? I want to say this morning, it is that deep. The cause of the gospel of carrying a, a lost world to Jesus, it is that deep. It is that much a passionate thing to be pursuing. It is that much an urgent thing. It is, it is that deep when Jesus is in the room. These four guys show us the amazing miracle of what is possible when we collaborate in a direction of Jesus. So one more time, ask somebody around you, can we be friends? They show us the power of what is possible when we collaborate in a direction of Jesus. And there are four simple things that I believe that these guys show us that I want to show us quickly this morning um, about how we can be collaborating in a direction of Jesus. Because at the bottom of this, friends, there is power in the collaboration of ordinary people in the direction of Jesus. More than we can imagine, there is power. When ordinary people collaborate in the direction of Jesus, more than we can imagine. Four simple things that our friends show us this morning. First of all, is that we, together we can. Together we can. Together we can. Alone I can't, but together we can. Together we can. We need to have a spirit of together we can. The spirit of the scripture is not about loners, you know, one person there, one person. It is a let us spirit. God started out this whole conversation with let us, let us, let us. And we are called to that kind of together we can. God has designed this such that we collaborate. The mission of God for a broken world, hear me well, is not going to be fulfilled because of some superstar or some super anointed man of God or one person that is so deep somewhere in Egypt. But no, the mission of God for a broken world is going to be fulfilled by an anointed church, by a collaboration of believers everywhere, joining their hands, everybody faithful in their place. Together we can. Look at somebody next to you this morning and say, together we can. Friends, it doesn't matter how strong I am, how anointed I am, if I am alone, I can't. But together we can. None of these four guys could individually carry this man. None of these four guys could individually make that miracle happen. None of them could individually rip the roof, come back, carry the guy, take him up. None of them could do it individually. But together we can. And what I want us to see today is that as a church, as a people, as a community of faith, together we can do amazing things. The church that we see is as much your church as it is my church, all right? When people tell me, ah, you know what? I attend Pastor Tolu's church. I say, hey, please, it, I can't do that. What can I do alone? But together, we can. Every moment we have here, we are celebrating the faithfulness of many people, making many things happen in the scene. Are you hearing me this morning? In the unseen, because together, we can. Look at somebody again and say, together, we can. The second simple thing that I see with these guys is bring what you've got. Bring what you've got. When I was saying my points in first service, they were really excited. I don't know why. Um, if I, you people are no longer my favorite service. <laughs> All right. Bring what you've got. Bring what you've got. The beauty of this thing called collaboration is that everybody is differently gifted by God. Differently equipped. But there is a beauty when we bring what we've got. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. It says, but God has been kind to all of us. Each of us has received a special gift just as Christ has decided to give us. Look at somebody next to you and say, God has been kind to you. Now look at your second choice neighbor. Say, you have a special gift. We have a special gift just as God. And I want you to know that you do have a special gift that God has given to you. So here's the power. Bring what you've got. Bring what you've got. As I think about this story of them carrying this guy to come to Jesus, I, I don't think we're just the same people. I feel like when these friends sat down, maybe one of them is the guy that has wild ideas. You know, they kind of had gotten to the door where Jesus was, but, but the Bible says it was crowded out and they couldn't get in. And so three of them already just discouraged and are like, well, you know what, we can't do it. We have tried to help this guy, but let's go back home. And we're ready to go but this fourth guy who was formerly an arm robber is like why are we gonna go now 
Men will come on roof now. Ah, you're like, man, how do you think like that now? You know, you just have a, how many of you have that friend that always has an idea? What, what can we do, right? It is a special gift from God. He says, let's set the roof off, okay? And um, somebody else is like, okay, that sounds like an idea, but we have to organize it. Do you have that friend that can organize things, okay? If we're going to, if we're going to get this thing done, you know what, call time is going to be seven o'clock. Then for the first 15 minutes, we'll all take our positions, all right? In, uh, for five minutes, we'll be standing, and for 15 minutes, would arrange the bed and all of that, then it would take us 21 minutes to trek to the place where Jesus is. We need three minutes to climb. Okay, he has done the whole time breakdown. Then he will now tell you, we need the following things. We need a bed. We need a ladder. We need four strong ropes. And the guy that said, let's remove the roof is like, oh, we need a ladder. How are you planning to get up before, right? But there's that person that is gifted that starts to organize it and say, we would bring four strong ropes, 50 meters each. We will bring glucose and refreshment for the people that will be carrying. He's like, oh, that's true. We didn't even think about, we will also take a gift for Jesus and his disciples. Don't you think we should? All right, complimentary gift. Don't you think so? All right, organize it. And then he says at the end of the day, the total budget is 30,000 Jewish shillings. Ah, and then I'll say, eh, okay, 30,000. Okay, how much do you have out of it? He now says, I only have 10. So you listed all of this. You told us the budget, but you don't even have the money. But there's that other guy that'll be like, eh, how much do you say it is? What account should I transfer to? Amen. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll wire you 40,000 Jewish shillings. Amen. Somebody is blessed with the money. Somebody else, when we get the money, knows their way around the market. Knows where we can get rope that will not disappoint us. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Knows the person that will give us a better deal. Do you know that person that anything you need, you know to call? I need rope, you call. And he'll now tell you, actually, I don't sell, but I know somebody that I can ask. I need ladder. I'm like, I need to buy an elephant. Do you see? Who should I call? You know, like, like, I've never sold one, but I know somebody I can ask. You know what I'm trying to say? We are all differently gifted. And then when we get all the things, there are people that have the strength that will carry it. As I look around church and I see some people just so strong and how much energy goes into what they make happen. I'm like, man, this is... Now, I'm not saying that anybody that works hard in church doesn't give money. That's what I'm saying, okay? But, <laughs> but I'm saying some people just have the strength and it's gift. The Bible says we are all specially gifted and it's in coming together. I'll never forget one time we're about making a move as a church and we're setting up a site and people were giving generously and all of that. And I remember a guy who walked up to me and he said, Pastor... I actually, I'm really broke. I don't have money. But this is my church doing something. I have strength. Can I come to sight and work? I was so touched. I'm like, that's the spirit of what we see, that we all have a special gift that we can bring. And somebody else, after all is said and done, we'll just be giving you the motivation. Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. We got a day, man. We can do this. We are inspired to pass back. <laughs> Give you the motivation. The beauty is bring what you've got. Look at somebody this morning and say, bring what you've got. It's not a request to bring what you don't have. No, a great church is not about equal contribution. No, we are differently gifted. We have, diff we have different resources. A great church is not about equal contribution, but I believe it is about equal sacrifice. In other words, when you have resources, you are sacrificing. When you have time, you are sacrificing. Whatever you have, everybody feels the weight of sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, it says that under his control, the whole body is being fitted and held together by the support of every joint which with each part working to fulfill its function. Every part working to fulfill its function. This is how the body grows and builds itself up in love. And listen, friends, here is even the twist to that. When you bring what you've got, you benefit from what you haven't got. I'll say that again. When you bring what you've got, you benefit from what you haven't got. Some of you know that as we're in this moment of worship this morning, and wow, what a beauty, just lifting our voices and singing, and what a beautiful atmosphere of worship. But some of you know that in your bathroom, you can't sing to save your life. You know what I'm talking about, right? But here you are, and you know what we do? You are singing along. You know why we, what we do? We make the music so loud, so you're not even hearing your voice. You think your voice is contributing, but it's really not. We make it so loud, so your voice is lost, but you feel like we are, and you are benefiting from what you don't have. As I look around our church and see volunteering duties all around, people gifted in different ways, content creation, branding, uh, gifted with children. Some of you don't even like staying with your children, so you're happy to bring, uh, okay, gifted with children, people gifted with facilitation, hospitality, prayer, love, production, media, everything, but using it for a common cause. And so we are all benefiting more than what we have when we bring what we've got. Amen, anybody? And friends, this is the privilege. This is why I'm saying this. This is the privilege of me being able to be something, part of something bigger than myself. 
At the root of this is our longing for a life of meaning and of purpose. And I'm telling you how we get it. We get it by being part of something bigger than ourselves. When we have that sense of my life is contributing to a cost that is bigger, this is how we find meaning and purpose. The world is looking for meaning, looking for purpose, but we find it by being part of something bigger than ourselves. I can go to bed every night and feel like my contribution is making an impact in the earth. That's the beauty of what God has given me to, to, to do. If you think I'm making this up, this week we are going to be, I can was saying this week we're going to be priding hundreds of meals for, for some young people and sharing a message of the gospel and all of that. And you might not even be conscious at that time, you might just be lying down somewhere or at work or something like that. But guess what? Your name is written on it because of your generosity. Next week Sunday, during Vision Sunday, I'm looking forward to sharing just a lot of stories of what God did last year in our church. Do you know that this Sunday morning, there's a church in Benin Republic, one village in Benin Republic that is meeting in there own building this Sunday morning because of your generosity. You guys built it for them. There's a church in Kenya that you did their building for them because of your generosity. You're not even there. You're not even conscious of it, but your name is written on This is how we live lives of impact. Do you know that in our city right now, there are people that, are, that have been struggling with drugs and we talk about all of that thing going on in the streets, but they're trying to make their way right. And so they came into a rehab program and, you know, just trying to figure out next steps and all of that. But you know what you guys did is that you set up a whole skill thing for them, a computer thing and all of that so that they can be learning skills and making their way right. Your name is written on it. I can't do that myself. You can't do it yourself. But together we can. We bring what we've got and we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Who says amen to that? All right, the third thing that I think I want to show you this morning, Philip, please come help me. And um, let me have my four guys, please come, if you will. Demilade, please come. Um, Demilade, here, please come. Uh, Toby, come, yeah. Let me pick my people. Uh, Briggs, come. And um, yeah, all right, so please lie down. This is our guy on the bed. And um, yeah, fantastic. How many people that? Okay, fantastic. You believe you're strong enough. All right, wait, now, wait on me. The, the, the third thing this morning is that as we think about what's going on, if you are this paralytic, you are not a paralytic in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, if you are this paralytic, all right, and you are just lying down there, you've heard that Jesus is somewhere in that room. Jesus can heal me. My hope is in Jesus. My sense of life is in Jesus. I know what Jesus can do, but I can't get to him. And so you have these guys. You know, all you will be saying to them is these words, please carry your side well. Come on, guys. Carry your side well. Carry your side well. Carry your side well. And as I think about this, all this guy's going to be crying is, carry your side well. Please don't let go. Please don't drop. If God has put you on his side, please be faithful there. Please carry your side well. You are carrying a broken world. You are carrying people's hopes. You are carrying the possibilities of generations. Please carry your side well. Please carry your side well. I know you're going to have days when you just feel tired. You just feel like I'm not even doing that stuff. But please carry your side well. Please carry your side well. Please don't let go. All these guys crying out, I believe to us as a church, to us as individuals, it's those simple words. Please carry your side well. You have a side. You have a place God has appointed you. You have a place God has put you to be. You have a gifting that God has given you. You have skill that God has given you. So please carry your side well. Look at somebody next to you and say, please carry your side well. If you have an idea, please bring it. This is what the world cries out to us. If you have a skill, please use it. If you know somebody, please call them. If you can do something, please do it. Carry your side well. Your faithfulness is doing more than you think it is doing. You are contributing more in a story than you think you are. Please carry your side well. If you let go, you are, you are ruining possibilities. You are losing something about what God is doing. Please carry your side well. You get to be doing this. You get to be doing this. Please carry your side well. As I was thinking about that this morning, I opened our link, bit.ly slash SYC story, and said, let me just glance around some of the stories of what God is doing in our church. And I thought I wanted to read a couple to you. Please carry your side well. <laughs> carry your side well. Oh, this guy is praying in his mind. Just carry your side well. <laughs> carry your side well. And let me show you guys, this is the beauty of church because sometimes somebody is feeling weak, but you know what we do? We come along and strengthen one another and say, you can keep going, bro. Don't let go. Carry your side well. Carry your side well. Are you glad for people that encourage you when you feel weak, anybody? Carry your side well. All right, drop it for a minute. Then you're going to pick it up again, but rest your hands a little. Just, I'm just trying to protect my guy. Not if, it was, if it was you alone, you will keep going. All right. So I said, I want to just read a couple of stories to you. 
This is from Tofumi. It was a time when I was at my lowest. I just lost my mom. And as much as I tried to believe that God was faithful and that he has a plan for everything, it was hard. I doubted everything he had ever said about me. I questioned if he really loved me like he said. I was lonely. I was so used to bottling things up, dealing with stuff on my own. And I wouldn't admit to anyone that I needed help. With the almost perfect smile and I'm fine, people believed me. But I was a complete mess. Couldn't say I still had faith. I had become more needy of people than ever. My self-esteem dropped. My insecurities and hurts from my past came rushing at me more than ever. I knew I needed help. I wanted something more. I was desperate for a change and a new perspective of life in God's view. I remember walking into church that Sunday with the thought of, let's finally go and see the church they're always talking about. After a friend invited me and another friend and all of that. And from let's go and see, I left with a conviction of I want to stay. I had heard so much hype about this church, how good they dress or the fine sycamore boys mm. but, but they missed out listen but they missed out on the most important details that have been life changing for me nobody told me to prepare for the warm greeting from the hosts they didn't tell me I would be loved as though I was family neither did they say I would get the tightest and warmest after service hugs I didn't hear about the community of girls that become friends and sisters to me allowing me to be my real self weak and imperfect while they walk my growth journey with me nobody told me the pastor preaches good <laughs> that he understands the word and communicates the truth in the most simple, simple and relatable ways without restraints and judgment. They never told me I was meeting ordinary people committed to a culture of doing life together. A culture that helped me step out of a place of faithlessness to a sound of new hope and life. One that revealed God's love to me in a way, in a new way and made me realize he is indeed good. A culture that created an environment for me to be completely honest about where I am and has helped me grow. I may not be part of the founders union, but one year later, I can say I have found family, a place to belong, a place where love lives and Christ is the forerunner, a place I now call home. I'm grateful for every member of this family and the ones on their journey. I'm grateful for church and all of that. These are stories of people just walking in on a random Sunday morning. You didn't know as I was standing to host, but somebody was crying and saying, please carry your side well. I didn't know that I was standing here worshiping and lifting my hands, just thinking I was doing my thing to God, but somebody needed my worship. Somebody needed me to be on my seats that morning somebody needed the collective power of what we get to bring somebody was crying and saying carry your side well let me read another one to you somebody says connecting with church was just what I needed I was struggling needing hope and direction but I found home and a community that challenged me out of my smallness and helped me grow I made lasting and deeply meaningful relationships and even met my wife here amen <laughs> And it's truly been a story of grace to grace for me and my family. Somebody was about to meet their wife. You know what they were praying? Please carry your side well. Please, I don't want to die single. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Please carry your side well. Somebody says, I, I discovered hidden unforgiveness in my heart and begin the journey of forgiveness, healing, and restoration. I can go on and on and on. But the simple message is carry your side well. One more time, help me look at somebody and say, carry your side well. Now, come on, guys. Carry your side well. Carry your side well. Let's do this. So this is what I want everybody to do. I want you to go home today thinking about it. There is a real world. There's somebody on the seat beside me that needs me to carry my side well. It's just a random moment of meeting a stranger beside me, of loving somebody, of just being the house of God, of being faithful. Somebody needs it more than you think they do. I pray you would all remember that God has positioned you to be standing and I pray you would hear those words of somebody crying and say carry your side well in giving please stay generous in showing up please show up in being a witness please do it in serving please stay faithful in loving please keep loving in reaching please keep reaching in praying please pray please pray please let's believe for a move of God can we carry our sides well and believe that when ordinary people do what they're called to do God does more than we can think or imagine who says amen to that and so the fourth thing that I want you to see this morning is this guy is going to be shouting and saying carry your side well but sometimes the reality is human beings do what human beings do when you put human beings together in a space then somebody is going to step on somebody's leg at some point as they were on their way, one guy was angry with one guy because he wasn't carrying as high. Somebody was always going to upset somebody. Something with human beings will always go wrong. Amen. Amen. Come on. And so the fourth thing that I want to plead with everybody this morning is elevate the focus. Elevate the focus. 
I can't stand here to tell you, you're not going to get hurt in church. Somebody's not going to do something. Somebody didn't do what they should do. You felt disappointed. Something didn't go the way you want. But please, my cry today is that you will lift up your eyes to a greater call that God has put on our lives. We can't be petty in a big thing. We can't stand here just talking about something that happened 10 years ago when God has committed something into our hands. Please elevate your focus. As this guy stands here and knows my only chance at Jesus is my friends doing what they can do. And suddenly this guy is getting distracted. This guy is angry about what somebody did. You know what he'll be crying? Elevate your focus. Put your mind on what God has called you to do. Elevate your focus. Please don't be distracted. Please don't think small of this. Please elevate your focus. Thank you guys. Elevate focus. So let me look at somebody next to you this morning and say those words. Elevate your focus. There's a greater focus to our gathering, friends. There's a greater focus to what we're about. I heard somebody say this, this, this week, I think I came across a quote, Maybe you're dealing with some form of church hurt. Listen to this. Person says, you're not a member of a church until they have offended you there and you still stayed. And I feel like adding with a right heart. Not staying to get your way back. You get what I'm trying to say? And if you're here this morning and in some way or the other, there are people who have just been hurt at the church. Hurt at people. Hurt. If you're here this morning feeling that way, honestly, I am sorry. I'm sorry that we would ever do that. I'm sorry that anybody would ever do what they shouldn't do or not do what they should do. I'm sorry about it. But my plea this morning is don't let the devil take advantage. Please elevate your focus. Please see that God is calling you to something greater. Please see that your life is on the verge of impact, of a greater sense of meaning and purpose. Please elevate your focus. Please don't stop small. Please don't stand back because of, of, of lies and lies of the devil in your mind. Please elevate your focus. We need this because we have a friend that needs to encounter Jesus. And more than that, we ourselves, we need this benefit of a life of meaning and of purpose. So as I close this morning, I'm landing already. Philip, please, just, why, would you carry it away? Please, leave it there and come and lie down. As I close this morning, um, please come on the keyboard. As I close this morning, I, I started by asking, can we be friends? And on the first hand, I'm asking, can we be friends, collaborating together? Because at the bottom of this is that there is great power in the collaboration of ordinary people in the direction of Jesus. He can do way more than we can imagine. So please, can we be friends, collaborating together for a purpose of Jesus? But secondly, also, I think that this guy lying down is going to be asking, can we be friends? Can we be friends with this, our guy? Can we be friends with this guy and love him enough to not just go to the Jesus meeting and come back and still just leave him here, guy, how far? And then we go back to the one that is a healer, but come back to the world that is sick. Can we be friends enough with him to say, man, we'll do what it takes to carry him? Can we be friends enough with the world around us that really needs Jesus? Can we be friends enough with people that, that are on the verge? Oh, I mean, we pass him every day. He's on our contact list. He's, we, we, are, we follow each other on social media. Can we be friends enough to carry a friend to Jesus? Whatever it takes to rip the roof. Can we be friends with our guy? But I think there's a third question. There's one more. There's one more. Because as this guy sits there, the reality is, as this guy lies down here, he knows it in his mind that he is one encounter away from Jesus, one encounter with Jesus away from healing, from a life of meaning. He's one encounter with Jesus away. When he met Jesus, Jesus said to the guy that they carried him, Jesus said, you carry your bed, rise up and walk. Immediately, how different was his life? That he met Jesus how different was life for him just because he encountered Jesus this guy knows that if only I can encounter Jesus but I feel that as he lies down there and as he looks over to where Jesus is I think the big question that will be ringing in his heart is Jesus can we be friends because I'm separated from you ordinarily by ourselves let me help you friends we are enemies with God He's holy. He's righteous. How can I, in my brokenness, in my sin, how can I be friends with you? Literally, you are separated. You can't come. It says, where we all are. So we look at God and know, man, God can be everything to me, but God, can we be friends? And I feel this guy will be lying down there and asking, a holy God, can we be friends? Because of our sin, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the truth is that this guy lies down. He knows there is nothing I can do to reach you, Jesus. I've heard about you. I know you are there, but there is nothing because I can't. I'm just a paralytic. There's nothing I can do to reach you, Jesus. And maybe in some moment of determination, he says, let me stand up and go to where Jesus is. But you just realize you can't. 
You know, this is what religion does for us. Because religion tells us that we can work hard and come to God. And so we start in our effort and we say we are going to work hard and get our way right and be in a right standing, friends with God. But the truth is, it's like the paralytic, we can't. We can't. We tried everything we can try. You try to make your way better. You try yourself. You work hard on yourself, on your habits, on everything, but you cannot. Nothing I can do. Religion is man trying to reach God, but the truth is we can't. I think it's like you have this very rich uncle. Maybe he lives in Uganda. And you know that my uncle, if I can see him, he can just sponsor me for the rest of life. I'm fine if I can see my uncle. But here I am, I'm broke. And so you're determined that, you know what? I will come to my uncle in Uganda. So this is how religion thinks. Religion says, because I know my uncle wants to help me, I'm going to do whatever it takes to go to where he is. So you are in Ipadon here, and you say, I'm going to my uncle in Uganda. I'm determined. I'm broke, but I'm going to trek, and I will get there. I will be determined. I will trek, and I will get there. I don't care, even if it takes me five years. Even if it takes me seven years, I will work hard, and I will get to him. And so you are determined. You start trekking. You get to Ife. After like three days, you say, I'm going to Uganda. After like another five days, you get to Elisha. After like another five days, you get to Akure. You say, I'm determined. I'm determined. And you've been trekking for the last four months. I'm going to my uncle in, in Uganda. I'm going to get there. Whatever it takes, I'm going to trek all the way. Then you get to River Nida. And you realize that no matter how hard you try, you have your limitations. But you also have a brother back at home who called uncle and said, uncle, I can't come to you, but I need your help. And uncle said, oh, really? Uh-uh. Uncle sent a helicopter and he came to your family house. And so your brother climbed into the helicopter to take him to uncle. But, but of course, he had to put in effort to climb into the helicopter. Because if you just sat in the house, he won't get it. So he climbed into the helicopter. And when he climbed into the helicopter, the helicopter took him. And, and he had to make sure that while he was on the flight, he didn't jump out. He had to make sure. And so he got to uncle after all of this. And so you know how many times we are trying to say, We've ended a moment with Jesus. Four guys carried their friend. And at the end of the meeting with Jesus, guess what happened? Their friend walked back home with them. And so they're like, how did our friend get healed? They said, we carried him to Jesus. That's how he got healed. Do you know what we did? We ripped the roof. We took off the roof. And we carried our friend to Jesus. That is how our friend got healed. In fact, we're the best friend ever. Our friendship is changing the world. We carried him to Jesus. And so he got healed. And I feel like Jesus would stand and say, really? He got healed because you removed the roof, wow. So like by removing the roof of a building, people get healed, wow. You know, sometimes I get home and my children tell me stuff like um, that I helped you um, take your shoes that were on the aisle and I arranged them on your shoe rack in your room. And it's funny that you use the word help. I'm like, that's not help. If you really want to help me, wake up in the morning, go out. Even if it's 5,000, I'll go and earn it and come home. You are helping the family. Do you understand? I helped you and all that. But you know what I'll do? I'll do what um, every good father does. I'm like, wow, you arranged it? Did you arrange it very well? Oh, come on, you're my champion. We're doing things together. Okay. So many times, Jesus puts us in a beautiful story where we're putting our effort. We're like, I reached God because I've been fasting for the last 21 days. And so I was able to really just sense God's plan for my life. I've been reading my Bible. I've been in the Word. And we start thinking of all the things we have done to reach God. Like that, your brother who is saying, I climbed into the helicopter. And that is how I came. Really, he did. That's how he came to uncle. He climbed into the helicopter. He had to do that. But let me help you this morning. Because the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. And he said to the friend, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Then he said, be healed. And so you're like, our faith changed our friend. But no, 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 no. Your faith doesn't save you. The grace of Jesus saves you. But he allows himself to respond to your faith. Here's what I'm saying. Faith receives from God what grace provides. What healed our friend? It is Jesus. Ripping a roof doesn't heal anybody. Ripping a roof and carrying ropes and climbing ladders doesn't heal anybody. Jesus heals people, but he gives you the privilege of participation. And so your faith participates in a story. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. By grace, we have been saved through faith. What saved us? Come on, talk to me this morning. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. So here's the beautiful thing that I want you to see this morning. That we get to be responders in the gospel. We are not initiators in the gospel. 
We are responders. That grace has reached out to us, so we respond by faith. God has loved us, so we love him. God has reached us, so we respond to him. God has opened his heart to us, so we pray to him. God has reached down to us, so we worship him. We are not initiators. We get to be responders in the gospel. And so, what I would say is that the gospel gives us the privilege of participating by our faith. But faith only receives what grace provides. Faith receives what grace provides. So I close this morning. Team, please come. Jesus wants to say to somebody this morning, I've done it all. I've done it all so that we can be friends. Come quick, come quick, come quick. I've done it all so we can be friends. On a mission. Don't run or you fall down. I've done it all so we can be friends on a mission. We can be friends with God. We can be friends with one another. We, because we are made friends with God, we were enemies with God, but now through what Jesus has done, we can be friends with God. We can be friends with one another. We can be friends with the world in need. Let me pray this morning. Jesus, we are grateful for your love for us. We are grateful that you have reached us. We are grateful that in the gospel we get to be responding. We are grateful that our lives can count in a story that you have told. That all of this, the beauty of all of this, is that you have loved us. The beauty of all of this is that you have reached us. And so Jesus, this morning with our hearts stretched to you, we just choose to be faithful. We choose to stand in our part. We keep our focus on you for who you are. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's worship this morning. Jesus, who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sins? Nobody but Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sins? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. What he does, he saves us. Bought a cross, be the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. Bought a cross, be the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. Now this morning I want to give you a moment to pray. I don't know where this word comes to you today. But there are people carrying a side this morning and you know God is calling you to be faithful. There are people that just know they're letting grow. They are not doing all that they should do. You know you are more gifted than what you are bringing. You know you have been blessed more than what you are bringing. And you feel this morning God calling you to that life of meaning and of purpose and of impact. I just want you to pray this morning. I want you this morning to begin to ask the Lord to help you where you need His help, to help you to be all that He calls you to be. Your life was made to count in a God story. Your life was made to count in what God is doing in the earth. Ask the Lord this morning where you need wisdom on how to do things. Ask the Lord this morning. Oh Lord, let my life count in the story of what you're doing. And maybe this morning you're in good rhythms, you've been faithful. Pray this morning that you will stay steadfast. Pray that you will not drift away. Pray that your steps will not slip. Pray that in the name of Jesus, you will stay steadfast to be all that God calls you to be. In the name of Jesus, somebody pray this morning. Somebody pray this morning that I will not come short in anything. I will be faithful in the place that God has appointed me to stay. Jesus has made us friends with him so that we can be true friends for a world. Pray this morning, maybe there are people in your world this morning, you know I should be giving more, I should be holding up more, I should be praying for more. Ask the Lord this morning for grace, come on. Ask the Lord for grace. When you need your passion to come alive, what have you been doing giving excuses? The room is full, come on. We can still rip the roof. We can still do incredible things. If truly we are desperate for a world to encounter Jesus. Pray this morning for a passion in your heart. Pray this morning for a passion, for a willingness, for a seal this morning. 
we thank you for it God and Lord as a church this morning our prayer God as a community of faith our prayer this morning is that we will truly be friends with you friends with one another and we would reach out in friendship to the world that needs us help us to be a sound of hope and of life for our people help us to carry a lost world help us to be an elevation for everyday ordinary people to see Jesus to discover his purposes for their lives and to be empowered to live life to the full in Jesus name we pray amen while we stay standing this morning I want to make an invitation because somebody came to church this morning and you don't know Jesus you're not in the right place with him you can't boldly say that your sins are forgiven you can't boldly say you're a child of God today maybe you've been coming to church really doesn't matter maybe you grew up in a Christian home really doesn't matter my big question today is: can you boldly say that you're in the right standing with an almighty God one day he's going to judge you but before he judges you he offers himself as your savior he says I love you so much I want to save you from that meaningless life of sin that life of self I want to save you from it and I want you to live for a purpose I made you for I don't know who you are today maybe you're far away from God maybe you don't even have any God reference maybe you are just trying by religion to reach God but today my question is have you put your trust and your dependence in what Jesus did once and for all as a way to God and um, if you say I need that I need that I can't do this in myself I need Jesus that's beautiful that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning and so every head bowed every eye closed I'm going to count to three and right where you are we're standing to honor your decision this morning but I just want you to put your hand on your chest on the count of three it's a deliberate sign of surrender you're making a statement to God that you're choosing him today you're choosing what Jesus has done to be made right with God are you ready one, two, three. Put your hand on your chest right where you are. He sees you and he knows you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's a miracle happening in your heart. God bless you all across the room. God bless you. If you're online also this morning, right where you are, God sees you. That is a miracle happening in your life. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity this morning. We're so proud of you. That's incredible. That's beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. You know what? This is a family, not a crowd. We want to stand with you. But we need you to say these words as a prayer this morning to God, all right? So as you say these words, we're going to join in. The whole church is going to join in with you. But everybody who has their hand on their chest in this building and online everywhere, know that God hears your voice this morning. So can we all say together, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is the Savior of the world. So I make today the day that I boldly confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Say, so please forgive me of the past. And please give me a whole new life. They wash me clean of all my sin. I turn my attention to you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I'll say I will follow you Jesus all the days of my life and one day I'll be with you in heaven I believe it I'm a child of God amen thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church if you pray that prayer at the end we are so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him so please let us know about your decision at www.sikamo.church forward slash Jesus. There you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sikamo.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.